I'm and I was already like, if he did that now, I'm so much stronger now that I'd be like, oh, it's fine, blow it off. But yeah. then I was, I was literally just coming out of it, and it felt like someone punched me in the face and was like, yeah. you were doing so good, and then you just failed. Yeah. Welcome to the Know Your Power podcast, where we give you the guidance to know how powerful you really are. Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I'm your host, Julia Renee. I'm Gabriella Fortune, and I'm Kendall Grayboff. And today, guys, we are going to be talking about a serious topic. Yes. So we are going to be talking, so trigger warning before, and I'll let Kendall take away kind of what we're talking about and the purpose behind it. And yeah. Um, I think trigger warning is that we are going to be discussing eating disorders. You can probably tell by the title. So like, obviously within your own boundaries, if you're struggling with something and certain things do trigger you, um, we apologize in advance. We are just going to be kind of going over our own stories and everything. And I know that hearing other people's experiences can be a good thing, but it can also definitely trigger an eating disorder if you already struggle with one. I think also saying that we are clearly not doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are struggling with anything, seek out professional help if you feel that that is what you need. Um, Also, just like seek comfort in friends. We'll talk about what we kind of did to get out of it. But Mm -hmm. um, either way, this is just our own story, our own experience. We are not professionals. Good. Yeah. Thank you for that, Kendall. You're welcome. So we're going to kind of first talk about uh, my story and how it, I led to struggling with binge eating and then Kendall's story. And then which is really cool about having Gabby here is that she's going to be here so she can learn how to be there for her friends that struggle with it. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where you will talk about this a little bit later where you kind of, there's a lot of shame and guilt around having an eating disorder to where you don't feel like you can reach out to anybody mm-hmm. and people that are on the other side and don't struggle, they don't really know how to be there for the other person. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that can be really beneficial for people listening that have a partner that struggles and how you can be there for them. But For me, at least, a lot of you already kind of know my story, so it'll be a little bit shorter, but I honestly didn't realize that I had this problem until I was 22, and I'm 25 now. So from 15 till 22, I struggled with a binge eating disorder, and I thought it was just normal. Um, And I now realize that the cause of the binge eating disorder, and I'm saying that word a lot, let's just say BED, was I was a wrestler. So I've been extreme dieting from 15 to 25. So if you guys don't know anything about wrestling, it's very similar to bodybuilding to where you have to cut down. Um, Wrestling's different. It's not really a look that they're looking for. It's a weight so that you fit into a weight class. So I would cut down and I would do it in very extreme ways because they didn't teach us how to, Um, which I think is a real hindrance to athletes because they all, I know there's a lot of athletes that aren't wrestlers that struggle with dieting. And nobody teaches them. That's yeah. not a, it's, it's not like a priority. Unspoken. Mm-hmm. It's super unhealthy. It's really sad. And so I, I would, that age. oh yeah, I would do crazy things like sauna suits, running in the summer, mm-hmm. going to the sauna at the gym. I would, my brother did crazy things. Mm-hmm. I would spit. If, if spitting, you spit into a water spitting. bottle, a full water bottle, you lose a pound. Don't do that. Just so unhealthy. Please. Do yeah. And do I, I just didn't think anything of it because all the other guys, I was the only girl. So I was just kind of following like what they were doing. They've been doing it for years. And it's mainly you're just cutting water weight. Like immediately after I would weigh in, I'd make weight and then I would be so hungry because I'd be in the lunchroom and everyone would be eating around me and I wouldn't be eating. Yeah. And I'd weigh in, make weight. And then I'd go back to my mom. My lovely mom always had snacks ready for me, like things Aww. that would like fuel me. She was like the best. She was always 
always there for me I after that. that. And I, it was a restrict and binge, restrict and binge. So I didn't know that I was on that cycle for so many years. So then when I went into bodybuilding, it started to flare up again because I was restricting myself, restricting calories, doing cardio. And I was like, oh shoot. But I didn't know that this was actually something that can be a problem. Cause I feel like people highlight the eating disorders where you're not eating, mm-hmm. but nobody really highlights the ones when before you're you over consuming. I was going to say, before you continue your story, I think let's explain kind of just briefly, like oh, what is binge eating? Because I actually I, have the definition oh, of what binge perfect. eating is. And I was supposed to read it out because <laughs> I think a lot of people get binge eating confused with overeating. Yeah. Um, the definition of binge eating disorder is a serious, uh, eating disorder in which you frequently consume unusually large amounts of food in one sitting and feel unable to stop eating. Mm -hmm. This eating behavior might make you feel out of control. And a lot of people that struggle might be like listening to this and be like, yes, you feel like you almost black out and this will happen very frequently. Mm -hmm. So if you're just doing this, like if, if it's happening to you and you're like, you're going out with your friends and like you're having a girl's night or whatever, and it's just like, occasionally I wouldn't say, and I don't think I'm not somebody to like a healthy balance. Yeah. Um, but if it's happened, if this is happening frequently and you're having that out of control feeling and you're consuming large amounts of calories, I would definitely just kind of consider just kind of think. So I also think when guilt is associated, um, after, because I know a lot of people that, eat uh, overeat you could say on a regular basis but there is no guilt or shame or then um I guess reproduction of like I know repercussion not reproduction yeah (laughs) I know um like purging can come along with binge eating Mm -hmm. and then I also know that um like there's a million things laxative abuse also then turning to like anorexia and then starving yourself as like a oh I'm combating the binge eating so I think it also like ties into other eating disorders as well that's very true and for me it was doing like excessive amounts of cardio Mm -hmm. and not gonna lie taking laxative yeah I used to abuse laxatives yes it was just and that was like a clear sign that something was wrong to me. So I think in 2020, when I was three weeks out from my show, and then I couldn't control how much it was my first show that I was going to do, but it got canceled. So I couldn't control like how much I was eating. And I was doing this cycle over and over. And I started realizing like, oh, I think this is a problem because I felt so out of control. Yeah. And then I kind of like did some research and I was like, oh my God, this has been me for years and I had yeah. no idea. And that's when I just It's dove almost into- like you were taught binge eating because uh-huh. you had to restrict so young. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like almost like it became your normal. Yeah. It just yeah. became a part of me. I was like, this is normal. Yeah. Because when you do something so frequently, even if it's harming you, it feels just normal. Yeah. Even if it's like a bad habit or something. Especially so, when you start so young. Yeah. So that's how I came to realize that I struggled with it. And from 2020 till 2022, I've been working on it and healing. And for two years, I don't think people really know, but I was working with like a coach to help with my uh, self-awareness and to help me with my binge eating. And thanks to Liv, whoever's listening to this, she's my friend and a coach, but yeah, that's how I noticed. And now I have a, uh, binge eating support group and it's really just of full of women that struggle and just to have that support system. That's really all it is. And we meet weekly just to talk. That's amazing. I can kind of go into my story and then we can talk about like kind of what we did to get out of 
that situation um, or like that mentality. Um, mine trails back to when I was very little. Um, and I also want to say, because I know my mom's going to be watching this, um, I'm probably going to talk about her in a way as though it sounds like I am blaming her. I'm not. Yeah. Um, my my mom just like out of, I yeah, I guess I can just talk about it and just know mom, I love you. And know anyone listening that knows my mom, I love you. And this was not her intent at all. Um, it's just how I grew up how and how I took it. it. Yeah. Um, so my mom was a little overweight through like middle school, I think. And she was bullied for it or, um, at least like talked down for it. So I think she was trying to protect me from Ooh. ever getting that way. So she would comment on what I was eating very regularly. Um, my brothers were like allowed McDonald's and allowed certain foods and I would like come home and have to eat like very clean. And I was in sports. So it was also like similar to wrestling. She would like have all the foods to fuel me. And she mm -hmm. was like, McDonald's is not going to get you to like, I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast. She was like, that's not going to. So I had no problem with it at all, but I was eating so clean since like I could walk. Like I was just constantly eating like bodybuilder type mm -hmm. food since I was five years old. Um, so that level of restriction also came with if I did snack, if I was in the kitchen, it would come with little comments of like, oh, are you eating again? Or like, oh, are you do you really need more? Like mm -hmm. those little comments that never affected me at the time, but now as an adult definitely crept up on me. So I did some bodybuilding shows. I started competing when I was 17. So similar, very restrictive, very young. Um, but I never binge ate after. I mm -hmm. think I had a really good control and I think it's because I was either living with my mom and then I went to living with my boyfriend at the time. And so I always had someone around me and I feel like, I don't know, personally, it's easier to not binge eat when I'm around people because I'm like, well, if I start like pigging out on this, they're going to look at me a certain mm -hmm. way. So I can't. So I feel like I have better self-control when I'm around other, other humans. Um, so I went through three preps, but had a support team around me after show that I would, I wouldn't reverse properly, but I wouldn't binge eat. I, I would definitely have like a few cheat meals, but they weren't excessive or coming with that guilt feeling. Um, last year, so mine's very recent, Last year was my first year competing and living alone. Mm. And I think coming back home and being alone and having nobody there, nobody to tell me to stop or nobody looking over my shoulder, I started eating so excessively. Mm -hmm. I was also dealing with very bad depression at the time that also came with like, with the, the feeling of, I guess, not caring. So I did have that blackout feeling where I'd black out and drive to HEB and then drive to Mod Pizza and then drive to like get ice cream. And I was like eating in my car. And like, yeah. I just looked at it externally and I was like, what is happening to me? Like, I just went from like the best prep I've ever had. Even after our show, mm -hmm. uh, we did the same national show. I didn't even really have a cheat meal that night. I yeah. like got chicken at dinner and some ice cream and then some popcorn. And I was like, I'm good. And I went home first two weeks. Good. And then it like slowly crept up where I would start doing like a pretty intense cheat meal once a week. And then that became like every few days. And that became like every other day until like before I knew it, I just could not stop eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and through knowing you and like you talking about binge eating, I was like, I think that's what this is. So I started doing research and like, we can go into like how we kind of what we navigated, but same, I got, I got a therapist who was helping me and I didn't end up sticking, sticking with him for very long. 
Cause I do better if I like realize things and work through things on my own instead of someone telling me to. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what made me realize it was honestly like hearing you and your story. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's what I'm going through. And then I almost felt this like embarrassment. Cause I'm like, Julia is my friend. And like, I, I know this is like something she's gone through and I couldn't even tell you I was mm-hmm. going through it. So, which is crazy. Cause like you would think that someone who's been going through it for so long, like you can go to that person, but like, it's even harder to go to people that don't really understand. They're just like, usually they're just like, well, just stop eating. And you're like, you just don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so, I don't know. It feels so out of control. And the book, one of the books I read was because I think you recommended it like either to me or on your story or something. Mm -hmm. It was the brain over binge one. Mm -hmm. And she talks about like this animalistic brain that you Mm -hmm. have and like, how you can't let the animalistic brain win because especially like we were so restricted for so long. And I think binge eating is so common, especially with competitors because you're so restrictive. And like, obviously we are messing so heavily with hormones and like our own receptors of, we don't actually know when we're full because our body hasn't felt full Mm -hmm. in months. So when you feel full, it feels good. Yeah. Cause it's like, you want to, you like chase that. Finally, like I've, I'm able to feel Full. And I love that Kendall brought up that book because that book was one of the, the first one that I read was Never Binge Again. And then the second one was uh, Brain Over Binge by Katherine Hansen. And when you're reading Never Binge Again, it breaks down logically the animal brain and the human brain. And the animal brain is the one that just works off of habit. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that a lot of this is just kind of natural as far as how your brain works and there's some logic behind it, you're like, oh, it makes you feel less crazy because you're thinking that this is happening for no reason at all and you don't really know why, but when you read these books, you're like, oh, that's what's happening because you can literally create a bad habit Mm -hmm. in any facet, like you can in any way. Um, Zach and I related a lot because he struggled with porn for a really long time and I struggled with binge eating for a long time. And they may seem very different, but they both have that addictive quality to where Mm -hmm. you have the habit or you have like the trigger, you do the action and that's ingrained in your brain. And I always like to think of them as wires are things that are wired in your brain for such a long time. So for me, think about me having this wired in my brain from restrict binge, restrict binge since I was 15 to 22. That's a lot of years of wiring the same habit over and over. So when you're trying to unwire and unravel that habit, it takes a little bit of time because you have years of practicing it. And same for Kendall, like there is years of the, like the shame and the guilt and the wondering what people were thinking. But at the time you don't know that that's what's happening. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. I think at the time, I I mean, looking back on it, even I was doing a prep when I was 16 for a bodybuilding show. That's crazy. I ended up pulling out of that one. Um, But I was like 2 a.m. on the floor. I shared an apartment with my mom. I was on the floor of our kitchen, like eating her cereal that she had to hide from me because I was like that, like ferocious with like finding food. Mm -hmm. So it definitely trails back, but I always got back on track. Last year was the first year that it like took me for like a few months. And I was like, this is like an issue I really need to tackle. Yeah, I think that was for me when it was the worst was um, my first actual show was when I won the overall at Summer Shredding. And then I won Mm -hmm. the overall two weeks later at the Adela. Mm -hmm. That was the first because after that, I got my boobs done. My hair started falling out. I was depressed and all of these things started happening. And you're right. When you are depressed 
and you sh- you struggled with um, eating disorder, it's just that much worse. Yeah. It's that much harder to climb out. Did you um, take comfort in food? Because I think that was a big part of it. My- was comfort. Because I, when you're sad, it's like, okay, I can't really get this from anybody else. So yeah. maybe food can do that for me. Yeah. And it might do that for you for that short period of time for sure. But then like, I definitely had an emotional tie that like food will help me feel better. Like yeah. even I remember like my first breakup when I was like 14, mm-hmm. which was like the stupidest thing ever. But I immediately went like, I, I think I said it out loud to my brothers. I was like, it's okay. I'm just going to lay in bed and eat snacks all day because mm-hmm. that's like what I saw on TV. And it I was is. like, yeah, it's like weird that that's like what's pushed towards us when we're so young is like, oh, like eat ice cream and lay in bed. That'll help. It. And it's like, that then just makes you feel worse about yourself. And then you're just going to fall down a hole of that. Exactly. Yeah, and I that's think, not really, it's not doing anything like productive, like the actual productive thing to do would be like to talk about it. Yeah. Or like instead of just something hiding. instead of just like hiding behind yeah. food and yeah, definitely done that plenty of times. So now like that you guys have kind of heard the story on how each of us got to where we were. I think it's beneficial to talk about what we did and what we currently do to fix it or to help it and to aid it. And like we said, if you need to reach out for help, please do so because it can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Before we go into that, do you have any questions? I do have a, I have a few. <laughs> okay, you go for so, um, do you feel like there are men and women that struggle with yes. binge yes. eating yes. Yes. disorder? For sure. I've had a lot of men reach out to me that struggle with me it. Me too. A lot of male bodybuilders too. And they have also told me because body dysmorphia also can very much so influence binge eating um, that reach out to me and they feel like they can't speak up or talk to their guy friends about it mm. because it's like more unspoken for men. So I think women at least like we feel a little more comfortable speaking about it because we know other people deal with it. Guys have a harder time talking about it. Because girls are already in the feminine, so it's normal for them to act feminine, vulnerable. But for men, I bet it's a lot harder. And and when you're binging, are you binging like all this? Is it like an all day thing? Or is it like just like one time out of the day? Like how is it different for everybody? Mine would be mostly at night. I feel like I would be like, okay, I'm doing really well. I had a really good breakfast, really good lunch. And then dinner would roll around and then second dinner and then third dinner and then fourth dinner. And now it's like 12 AM and I'm still eating. Like, it's like, I had a, I had a limit until I didn't. And a lot of that came with free time too. I had the most free time at night. So I would just sit there and be in my apartment and know I had like snacks and stuff in, in my pantry. And like, it was a constant act of like literally like locking myself in my bedroom being like, don't go out there. You know, when you go out there, you're going to eat. Sure enough, I would go out there and eat. And then that came the guilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um, for most people, it's like at a, at night thing, especially mm-hmm. like if you're alone at night. Yeah, because there's just something about the nighttime where it's <laughs> it's kind of like eerie and lonely yeah. and quiet. And yeah, it's just like and a, a lot of people always say, how do I deal with nighttime cravings? And the most of the time I think that those happen is because that's when you have the most time on your hands. When yeah. people forget to eat and because they're busy, they're working during the day. And then afterwards, it's like, okay, now I'm just sitting here in front of the TV. What am I going to do? Yeah. Eat. Exactly. Dang. I, I'm not going to lie. This could be another episode too, but listening to you guys talk about like how you feel and like the correlation between you and food and, and, and I like how you compared Zach's situation with porn. It's very because, because the way you guys are talking about food is like what I went through with alcohol. 
yeah mm-hmm. and drugs and it's i have the same, a girl in it my is group the same that's an alcohol addict and she is like this is so similar it's crazy it is crazy because like when you guys are like oh well i'm laying in bed i have nothing else to do like you guys mm-hmm. are the, would think of food like that's what i thought of alcohol yeah like it was just but and it's it's cool to hear you two talk about having the food in common because um i feel like and how you were scared to admit to julia that, I wouldn't tell and I told my mom it is scary like I would I would always just be like well maybe it's normal or mm-hmm. like w- maybe everything everybody else is doing this but it's yeah. it's yeah. interesting listening to you guys talk. and it's about funny it. that you guys bring up like because I think in brain over bin she had talked about going to like an AA meeting mm-hmm. or yeah or her counselor was yeah. the same that taught like AA yeah. so yeah I think um there's definitely a tie any sort of obsession or like or fixation on a certain thing that you think will fix a certain problem, I think can. And I together. don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm just saying it because this is my brain. I when you guys are talking about food and like not being able to stop, like in my head, I'm just like, dang, like that's really crazy. I've never felt that way. Mm-hmm. A lot of like, people I, have. I, I, like, yeah. I cannot even imagine like doing that, mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. Like I just no, really you, can't imagine it. it. And then I'm just like, wait, I literally do that with alcohol. Like. Mm-hmm. I, oh, it's the same thing. It's just yeah. a different substance. It's, it's a different, like a, it's like, yeah. A, yeah, I don't even know. It's a yeah. different high. <laughs> what I it would, is. What I would do too is like to help people understand like how you feel. I would maybe even ask them, okay, what's something that you maybe know you should give up that you do way too much and you can't seem to stop. Mm-hmm. And that would give them like, a, oh, okay. Yeah. For some people it's nicotine. For some people it's like, okay, I know I shouldn't be smoking this much weed. And it's like every day you're just like high all day, every day. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well that I'm never fully clear. Yeah. You know, there's different things that this can go into. So for me, that girl that was in the binge eating group. So she struggled with alcoholism first. And the thing about having kind of like that addictive personality, she's realizing now that she transferred it to binge eating. So like these can start transferring to other Mm -hmm. aspects of your life and you don't even know it because it's not, if it's not binge eating or if it's not alcohol, at least it's good. It's okay. It's like, yeah, but now you can't stop smoking nicotine. Now you can't stop drinking alcohol. Do you feel like either of you have like an addictive personality? Yeah. I didn't, but when I sought help for this, I saw um, a professional, mostly because of my depression, and I walked into his office, and I was like, I want you to just diagnose me. Like, I am i don't want to come in here and be like, I have depression, can you help? Like, I want you to fully, like, evaluate me, and he told me that he thinks I have a form of OCD because I was so obsessive with the food, and, like, that was, like my form of OCD was like controlling the situation around Mm. eating. Um, I don't personally think I do. And I look at every other aspect of my life. I think I was just out of control for that period. Um, I'm not, I'm not super an addictive person to like anything else. So I really, it's hard to say. So as a, as I'm sure a little bit, as a friend that does not struggle with this, how can somebody help with their friends that do, that's a really like good how question. do we how do we go about um, our normal lives like uh, going out events mm-hmm. what are some triggers like what should I not do what should I not say like what should I not ask mm-hmm. and it's funny because you guys never really do this and it's like for I think the hardest thing is telling like your partner but okay, if you don't yeah. have a partner it is the hardest thing telling like your closest friend so I remember first having to tell Zach and being like this is so embarrassing because this is what I thought of. I was like, really, Julia, you struggle with food control? Like, that's like, it seems so silly and dumb. So when I told him, I was like, uh, but there was so much relief. And from him 
he struggled with porn from the age of like 12 to like 30. So he's, it's his addictive personality is like even worse. So he's like, I get it. So it was beneficial that he understood that. But um, the way that he was there for me was he was just there for me. He didn't Mm -hmm. try to fix me. He didn't try to help me. He didn't try to, he definitely encouraged, he was the one who encouraged me to get help from Liv. And then I did and it was the best decision I ever made. But on my own, I'm already the type of person that's like, okay, I have a problem. Let's fix it. Like, let's like dive in. So that's when I got all of the books. And once I started doing that, I was transforming on my own already. And then I got the coach and it just skyrocketed from there. So I did my own personal work, like listen to podcasts, research, look at books, join groups, get a therapist, like all Mm -hmm. of these things that you can do to help yourself learn more about your brain and how you work and why you do the things you do and how you can help with eliminating the things that you don't want to do. Um, but I do remember there was a couple of times that Zach would make a comment that would trigger that. Mm-hmm. And I would tell him sometimes I wouldn't, it would take me a really long time because I didn't really know it did, but he did not know he was doing it. Do you remember any of like your specific triggers or things that would trigger you today? Yeah. So he, there was one time where I was in off season and I was just getting over that hump of like being super depressed and everything. And we had a night where we were eating something fun together and we were having, and I went back, I think I got like another scoop of ice cream or something like that. And he was like, babe, you just had ice cream. And when he said that, so I was like, those are like the comments that bring me like uh-huh. back to my mom. When I was and little. I was already like, if he did that now, I'm so much stronger now that I'd be like, oh, it's fine. Blow it off. But yeah. then I was, I was literally just coming out of it. And it felt like someone punched me in the face and was like, yeah. you were doing so good. And then you just failed. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. And I literally was like, I kind of looked at him and I like put it down and I was like, okay, uh, this is hard for me to say. I was like, but you saying that and the way that you said it, this is how it makes me feel. It makes me feel even more guilty, more shame, like I need to hide and that I'm doing something wrong and that I have failed. And he was like, oh, like he didn't even know. Most people don't even know. It was just like, he's in the space. He's like, babe, we just had ice cream. Like, come on. He was like, it was just like that. And he's, and he knew that. And Oh, there was another time where he did something like, and I'm not saying he did something. He had no idea. Yeah. Like he doesn't know what it's like to struggle with food control. So he doesn't know the things to say. And, you know, mom, we'll be listening to this too. And my mom did a similar thing to your mom. Mm-hmm. And I know she was just trying to help me. Yeah. And I'm actually really grateful that my mom was so careful with how she fed us because I always had a home cooked meal. Oh, it same. was always healthy. I'm not complaining at all. She, she <laughs> taught me portion sizes. I've been very grateful to have that for my mom. But I know that me and my sister were always just like snacky Mm -hmm. like always snacky like we would eat a meal and then we would want to snack afterwards because my dad is very snacky my dad literally can eat whatever he wants and not gain weight and I hate him for that (laughs) but he's has that kind of body so she would make like we just ate Julia or blah 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 she would make those comments and Mm -hmm. I didn't really realize it and mom like I I've already had this conversation with her and yeah our parents are just doing the best that they can oh yeah and I know that I'm going to do things that cause something to happen in my child that I don't expect to, or I don't intend to, but she taught me a lot about like portion control, listening to your hunger and stuff like that. But those comments that friends can make 
And I know a lot of girls get this with like their friends, like, girl, like you just ate with us. None of us do that to each other because like, (laughs) we're just like, do you? You guys encourage. Yeah. You guys like encourage me to eat eat more. And I love it. Yeah. Well, listening to you guys talk about it. It's just like, I've always looked at food as fuel. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I've never seen like snacks or anything i guess i didn't really snack like i think having you in my life has made like it much easier food is so good for you and i think like when you're working as hard as we do in the gym like we need food like we we need that fuel like we need the nutrition to help us keep going so i've never looked at food as a bad thing Mm -hmm. because it it spending more time with you guys has definitely helped um i will say similar to the way that you like i guess got comfort with zach and like that's who you went to and told about Mm -hmm. i had my mom Mm -hmm. um so that's why i said like i love you in the beginning is like she worked through it with me i Mm -hmm. was going to therapy once a week and my therapist was all asking a lot about my childhood and my relationship with food back then that's when i was realizing that i had brought those little comments into my adulthood Mm -hmm. i would call her after every single therapy session and she like cried and i would cry and she would feel so bad for like putting me through that with mm-hmm. quotations because she didn't mean to at all exactly. and i feel like if anything it just made our relationship better because at first she didn't get it at all she was like i don't have that problem i like can't relate but like she was like sign up for therapy like i can help you pay for it if that's what you need me to do mm-hmm. like she was just trying to be there and by the end of it i think she understood um like very very strongly where i was at mentally and like saw exactly what I was going through and from and a lot of it she could see was from the depression and she was blaming herself for a lot of it and I was like this has nothing to do with you that's what I don't want my mom to think is that like I am this way because of you because all of us are responsible for our own upbringing no matter what it doesn't matter and there's one thing that Ed Milet says about like children specifically is things are caught not taught so even though my mom wasn't like really trying to teach me anything like around like that area I caught it yeah and I brought it on with me you know yeah you see so much and you just know so much that's why your relationships are the way you are because like how you observe it's just caught not taught your parents might not be like this is what you need to do this is what you can't but you just pick it up without even knowing it after therapy and learning and doing everything I could on my own and slowly getting out of it and slowly making many accomplishments like I told you guys like a few weeks ago even like because obviously I'm out of it now and I would say my my relationship with food is like 98% good there's the 2% where like I know little things and tips and tricks that I've brought now into like my good relationship with food like I will not buy certain snacks because I know I will eat all of them Mm -hmm. um so just for my own sanity I'm just like okay I just won't buy that snack or if I do like I'll eat what I want throw it out because I know that if I keep it around like it's gonna be on my brain still exactly um that's that two percent but um what else do you do that helps that helps you get out of it or that you still do currently I'd say currently still tracking like accomplishments I was like guys I kept a box of cereal in my house and it's been there for two I remember weeks. I yeah. was like I was like oh hell yeah because I yeah. get that I was like I, oh. I know it sounds silly but it's like it's not I used to eat a whole box of cereal in one sitting like within an hour and now that I can make it last like a week or two I'm like eating exactly. it healthily and I will say like you two have impacted my viewpoint of food so much because when I was going through it alone even though I thought I was like having a better relationship I was still restricting myself very aggressively mm-hmm. and being around you guys and watching you like 
after a leg workout, I would usually go home and have like a rice cake. Oh, heck and no. you guys like, like you poke. guys like yeah, you Let's guys go. eat and you make me feel okay to replenish eat. our muscles. Like, yeah, that's yeah. What you gotta I do. feel like that's a viewpoint that I never had. So it's nice being around like two other strong oh, women amazing. that like specifically like Gabby even like the way that you do say like this is fuel. I'm like mm-hmm. I have never viewed fuel food as fuel. I always viewed it as like a means to get to my desired physique. Yep. I never viewed it as like this is going to make me healthier or feel better or fix my hormones or and that's what it is like food really is at the end of the day like a necessity and we're getting vitamins and minerals and like energy from it and I was always so restrictive or so binge eating like I was never a healthy in between and I feel like I'm finally there oh that's amazing I feel like another thing I've implemented recently is intuitive eating I mentioned I've been cutting I don't track a single calorie I don't measure a single thing I eat whatever the fuck I want when I want it I'm just like I'm not eating until I'm full and if and I'm you're also eating good food too. Yeah. Like it's it's very clean whole food yeah. too. That's yeah. what I guess. Yeah, I have like a lot of turkey and chicken yeah. and I'll just like mass cook a bunch of food and then like I don't even make meals out of it anymore because I don't want like I don't want to measure that anything. That restrictiveness right now. of like I have to eat this. Yeah. Cause it's just it's also like yeah. makes you feel like you're prepping for a show and that's a different mindset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that um one thing that she's saying that she's doing is like intuitive eating, and I guess I am too at the same time right now. But the one thing that I want to point out is it's crazy to me that intuitive eating is a segment of a type of eating because intuitive mm-hmm. eating is just eating. It's just eating. It's this just is being eating. normal. This yeah. is what's just crazy. Like we're born. And when we're kids, and I was saying this to someone the other day, I was like, we're born and we're kids and we eat when we're hungry and we don't when we're not. And it's just so normal. We don't think about it. And then as we grow up, people make comments. We start dieting. We see how our bodies looking in mirrors. We compare ourselves to other girls. Things start changing to where those cues start getting fried. And we don't just eat when we're hungry and we start to restrict. And that's what's crazy to me is that how can intuitive eating be a sector of dieting? And it's like, yeah, it's because we need to go back to how we're supposed to be eating. And that's just eating. We're just like so corrupt. And I feel like for the rest of my life, I could look at any food and tell you the exact calories of that food because it's just so in my brain. And that's something too I've really tried recently is like I'm not reading nutrition labels anymore because I already, I know a rough estimate. Like I've been doing this for years. Um, So I'm taking the approach of like, okay, I know this is a couple hundred calories. That's okay. I'm going to eat it. Like, it's fine. Yeah, I love that. I've noticed, like, yeah, I'm not really looking at the labels that much anymore. And it's funny because I actually looked at the label yesterday. I looked at it and I was like, wait, I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, I I forgot I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) And I I want to say, like, a big fear I had, I think, was like, oh, once I... Once I start eating normal, whatever, the intuitive, which is normal eating, um, I thought I was, like, going to rapidly gain weight Mm -hmm. and, like, have all these issues. And I was telling you guys, like, I think in the last pod or before we started filming the last pod, um, like, I'm eating whatever I want, and this is the best I've ever felt. Like, my skin is doing so much better. I feel a lot healthier. I am losing weight because I'm, like, still conscious of like somewhat my calories but they're way higher than they were when I was restricting and like I don't know I just think it's crazy that like as soon as I started feeding my body it's like oh wow we've wanted this forever like like my metabolism's actually getting healthy yeah yeah I feel like maybe also it might be because you're less stressed about what to eat when to eat it how much to eat about it because it's like yeah just whenever I'm hungry I'm hungry yeah because like right now like my stomach is hungry and I'm like it already like intuitively like okay 
I'm feeling something a little bit savory. Like that's kind of how I go about things. And I'm like, how hungry am I? Like these (laughs) things, um, these are, I have tools out the booty for um, binge eating. And if you're in my binge eating support group, I have all of them. I'll have it linked down in the show notes on how to join, but there's a tools section with every single thing that I've come up with that I've taught that has helped me. But like one of the ones that has been helping me a lot recently and is actually not mine. It's a, some, a guy who struggled with binge eating reached out to me and told me this tip. So whoever you are, thank you so much, but it's been helping me a lot. So the main thing is when you are going into like a binge eating episode is you're not mindful. That's what that blackout thing is. Yeah. And all of this is literally just mindfulness. It's being the thinker of your thoughts literally just analyzing the things that go into your head instead of letting the program run. And so that alone is a huge shift that will literally skyrocket you is just being the thinker of your thoughts. So say the thoughts are bubbling up inside my head of like, I want to binge eat, blah, 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 blah. Analyze them. Think about them. Okay, wait, why do I want to binge eat? Oh shit. You know, I just had a fight with my boyfriend. I'm feeling really lonely. I'm really anxious at work. Like just analyzing that in general will get you so far. And once you put a little bit of logic behind it, it makes you feel less crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one thing that I do, and I was teaching it to Josh, I taught it to Josh, is you place your hand on your stomach when you're eating. And you can do this so kind of sneakily, no one will really see, hand on your stomach and you just kind of like breathe in, breathe out, and you want to feel, okay, from a level of one to 10, how full am I? One being not full, 10 being the most full. What you want to ideally be at is like a seven or an eight. That's where you want to be. And that's that where satisfied is. Mm-hmm. I don't think the word full is a good word to use. Because that's levels of that's, full. that's going beyond. And look, sometimes you might go beyond. I do it all the time and that's okay. But what I'm saying is a good like general rule of thumb is like about a seven or an eight satisfied. Yeah. The word is satisfied. I will say just because everyone is different, that would be a trigger for me. Really? I, I cannot touch my stomach. Okay. I, I noticed even still like at least 20 times a day, I'll pinch my stomach. Okay. Really? I'll like, yeah, I'll like okay. grab my obliques if I can't feel my obliques. I'm, I'm glad like, that you said that because yeah. for me, I was just like, if I'm feeling the the level of fullness yeah. of how my belly is. It's like being in tune. Another way and that I you can do it. And I think I could do, do that now, but is, when I was in the heart of it, I could not touch my I own get stomach. That. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. I was also telling them that like a way to check in with how you're feeling and before maybe the food, maybe you're having the urge to binge is placing your hand on your heart and breathing in, breathing out. How am I feeling right now? Literally just tuning into how you're feeling. And yeah. then you might notice I had a fight. I'm yeah. mad. I'm angry. I'm yeah. anxious. I'm lonely. One of those things. So that's the thing I don't, that I've I been I still using. think the fullness level is amazing. Yeah. Or like the satisfied level. But I never I thought just, about I wouldn't like, touch myself. Ooh, I don't yeah. want to feel my, I yeah. get that. Because I do that too. I'll stand in the mirror and just like pinch my belly. And I'm like, you, Isn't it crazy? I'm like, you piece of shit. No. Like, no, I know. I know. But I. Both of us. I think. <laughs> no. Of course, I'll think these things. And then I'm like, that's stupid. And yeah. I'm like, boop. You know, yeah. I, I, I think it's have them. It's sadly normal. Yeah, I have them. But then I'm just like, I'm more equipped now to just bat them away. I literally do this thing where I, I was telling Erica about it. But when I'm having a negative thought or I'm starting to spiral about something, I literally go uh, and I shake my head. And like it's that. almost like habitual. I do it. And I did it when I was in the car with Erica. And she was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I was having a negative thought. And I shook it out of my head. That's actually really cute. Yeah, I really do that. I'm not is, kidding. I literally I do uh, that. Nah, um, do you guys ever meditate? Because meditating taught me like how to have passing thoughts. And I feel like mm-hmm. I took that into my daily when I have negative thoughts, just being like, 
experience the thought, let it pass on because that's yes. like what oh, they man. teach you in meditation. That's, I've been doing that. My head is so fucked. Like whenever I do think of like something crazy, I, I, I literally just, I literally scream outside out, out loud. I'm like, my no. mom tells I'm me like, to do no. that. I'm like, no, <laughs> when you like, you will said, not. when you said that you shake, I literally do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I literally, I'm not even kidding you. Sometimes this is so embarrassing that I'm saying this, but sometimes I'll be like, no, and I'll like, yes. <laughs> I, I've hit myself before. I literally, See, that's like, stupid stop. Kendall. Shut I up. I literally do that. I'm like, no, stop. I'm like, no, stop, stop. stop. But another like less abrasive <laughs> thing you can do is what you I don't do. Want to the, ponytail, the, the ponytail. The ponytail. I do the ponytail too. You can smack the ponytail on your wrist, and this isn't supposed to be like I'm hurting myself. It's more so to wake up your animal brain that is on repeat, that is on its yes. program, and to alert it to to hey, pay attention, be yeah. present. Something's happening. Yes, I I have gone to like a few PTSD um, groups, and one of the counselors there was saying that that trick is just kind of just like distracting your brain from whatever you're kind of thinking that Mm -hmm. like at at that moment so like if you're going if I'm going if I'm having an episode or if I'm having like a little flashback or anything like that like I can just do that or I just scream at myself no (laughs) stop thinking about it (laughs) I was having like I don't even remember what it was. I was having bad anxiety like a month or two ago. My mom was like, you're going to have to drive to, have you guys been to Mount Bonnell? I think is what it's called. It's like Mm -hmm. a little walk hike thing. Pretty pretty. view. She was like, you're going to drive there when it's like close to closing. So like 10 PM and you're going to stand on top of that mountain and you're just going to scream. And she was like, you're going to yell like, because I think a lot of my anxiety was coming from like a PTSD type situation that I never dealt with. And she was like, you're going to stand up there and you're going to yell at the people that like put you through what that Mm -hmm. anxiety, I don't want to go into specifics, but she was like, you're going to stand up there and you're going to yell as though they're right in front of you. And I was like, it's kind of, we can do an episode. I think that'd be a dope episode. Yeah, I think doing a full episode on like our own mental health journeys would be like Mm -hmm. super beneficial. I like talking about it. I'm more the way you're open about binge eating is the way I like to be open about like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. just because I've been dealing with it longer and I have more yes. experience with it. Same. Binge eating was something that like looking back I've dealt on a long time, but really became prevalent like a year and a half, two years yeah. ago. Mine was like, oh crap, you've been doing this from 15 to 22. Wow. Yeah. You have wired this routine for so long. Okay. Let's unravel this shit. Mm hmm. Let's I just do like, it. I, I have so much respect for both of you too, especially you because you are like are so open about it and you are helping others and you're mm-hmm. teaching others and I have just never been able to do that. Like I'm I do. I feel like embarrassed of talking about PTSD or like mm-hmm. just because this I don't is even a know safe how, space. Yeah, no, I, I definitely know that. But it's just like hard to talk about, especially yeah. like trauma. Because Very, of, I get, you, you I don't want that, that would be a lot harder. You don't want to like relive those moments, yeah. or you don't want to. I don't know. It's weird. Like, like, just, I'm I, trying to bury them on my own. Yeah, bringing them back up. What? And, but honestly, not talking about it is like so much. It, and I did it for a really long time. It was so much hurtful. Yeah. Then like just not talking about it at all. So. I thought I was even going to get emotional on today's podcast, but I think yeah. I'm good. Um, but I do think if we got like, did a full mental health one, like I would probably, yeah. I did I, when I, when you were yeah. talking about your mom and even when you were talking about your mom, I was like being a mother, you really do just want you just what's do best the best you yeah. can with yeah. the knowledge that you have. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, and I think all of us had great moms. So yes. it's like hard to, yeah. 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 And like my mom was one of the first people that I I remember I didn't, I was so depressed and I was ignoring her 
I wasn't messaging her and I was doing some shopping therapy at the time and I was on the phone calling her and I just started crying. And if you know me, like I don't cry. My mom knows that as well. And I was just like, I just so sad and I don't know why. She was one of the first people that I told and she can like tell. She's like, I could tell like you've been MIA. And I was like, that's just what I do. Yeah. Um, I just go MIA and tell myself I could figure it out on my own without yeah. anybody's help. And that's then, the route yeah. I always took. And even Julia called me out, like it was close to my birthday in January and she invited me to work out like the day or two before like my birthday celebration. And Julia was like, you go MIA. I haven't seen or heard from you or mm-hmm. like done anything in months. And I'm like, crap. It's like, cause I was so depressed at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like the thing is, is I, one thing that you were saying before brought up something to me, Oh, I forgot. On the pod? Yes. You were saying something just recently. Ah, whatever. That's okay. I think It'll one thing to later. really take away from that is just to uh, be open with your friends mm-hmm. and what's really going on with your relationship, with your with your family. Like, let them know yes. how you're feeling and don't be embarrassed. Um, because we do, like, everybody really cares about you and people love you and yeah. they're going to support you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if something comes up to where they don't understand or they don't support you, that's okay because there's people in your life that do. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, agree. I wish I had sought help for like even binge eating far before I actually did, but I was so embarrassed and like trying to hide it. Mm -hmm. And I realized now if I had even just told like my brothers, like they would have just, Oh, they would have been like, I'm, I'm here for you ride or die. But you think that why somehow you think that they're just going to flip the switch and be a completely different person. People care. I think it's more so that not how they're going to react, but it's how you're going to feel telling them. It's like, Ooh, I'm going to feel shame. Ooh, I'm going to feel guilt. It's like you, it's so hard to even admit to yourself that you have a problem, let Mm -hmm. alone bring that problem to someone. The first step in AA is admit you have a problem. No, exactly. It really is. (laughs) It is. So, guys, I really hope that you got something out of this. And um, this is a very vulnerable topic. And just for anyone that's out there that thinks that maybe that you can't get out of this, that you can't get through it, like, one thing is that you definitely can. You definitely Mm -hmm. can. It's just like I said, Sometimes these things are ingrained in your brain for such a long time and it feels almost impossible, like you can't get out of it. The visual that I like to give is like you're at the bottom of a well and it's so dark you can't see the light at the top. But if you slowly start crawling and once you get halfway, there will be a little bit of peak of light. And once you see that, you just know, but you have to keep crawling. So that's really all this is. Patience and practice. It's such a long process. Over and over and over again. And like I said, we have that group for women that are all going through the same journey. I've had all of them open up. All of them are getting better. Again, I'm not a doctor. It's literally just a safe space for you to open up to people if you don't have anyone in your circle that you can't open up to. So you're not alone. I love you're that not you crazy. That. Trust me. You're just, you're just human. Yeah. You're not crazy. You're it's, just human. It's so normal too. Yeah. And it's unspoken. And I guarantee um, even if you don't struggle with it yourself, you probably know someone who does, even mm. if they haven't told you. Yeah. Um, I feel like everyone at least has one person in their life that deals with some sort of eating disorder. So mm-hmm. also if like, if it's not something you can relate to, if you're in Gabby's shoes, like just let them know you're there. You don't have to draw attention or be like, Hey, I think you have an eating disorder, but just let them, let them know if they are going through anything that you're there for them. Literally just being there is enough. That's all Zach yeah. did for me. Like literally, he would just hold me while I cried at night and I didn't really know why. And that's all he could do because he couldn't, he couldn't make me do anything. He couldn't help me. He didn't know exactly what I was going through. He was just there. And that's all you can do sometimes is just be there. And that is enough. 
Um, oh, what did you say? I was one more important thing. You said something about Gabby. Why am I literally forgetting everything? You just said something about Gabby. What just now? It? Yeah. You said, and then Gabby. Oh, I was friends. like, yeah, just the way just that she can there support us. Okay. <laughs> Julia has problems. Julia needs sleep. I don't, yeah, yeah. We're all a little sleepy this morning. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I will I say know. that, like, both of you, though, are I feel have come such a long way. I have not noticed something as far as like when we're out or when we're like at each other's houses that is like unhealthy yeah an unhealthy like um like a tendency or anything like that mm-hmm. I, I haven't i've have never noticed it so i Lots think that of years of yeah work. i think both of you are doing amazing inside i'm like chill 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 you chill, guys chill, both chill. definitely help me even without like drawing any attention to it like i don't think i've ever like mentioned if I was having a bad week with food or my body or anything, just being around you guys like inherently made it better. Aww. So thank you. you guys I know we, get, we like compliment each other 24 seven. So it just like <laughs> makes us, everybody feel good. Everyone's like, yeah, yes. I'm the shit all the time. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Oh, and if you ever are, maybe the group is a little bit too much. Literally just DM me. me I too. answer DM me, Kendall, Gabby, like whatever it is, if you're struggling with something that we do, we'll answer you. We'll be there for you. Sometimes the first step is just reaching out to like one person that you barely know. Yeah. Like just do it. Cause I, I've, I've had plenty of conversations with people that have messaged me. Oh my God, you're, I've listened to this. I struggle with the same thing. Please do that. Cause we'll answer yeah. and we'll be there for if you. If anything, it like even helps me Oh, like it it's helps just, me it's a lot. It's such a nice reminder that like, okay, people go through this that aren't me. Oh and it's God. nice that like, I don't know, I can just like share what I've been through and that might help them. Like the True. that little glimpse of like, I might be improving this person's like behavior oh, patterns yeah. definitely feels good that's true well thank you guys so much and as always we love you and you are more powerful than you think bye, bye. thank you for tuning in to this episode of the know your power podcast if you enjoyed the show please make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode and if you believe you deserve it make sure to leave a review and rate the show love you bye